This is the Saxo Market Call. Daily insights on what is moving the financial markets. Hello and welcome to the Saxo Market Call. It is Wednesday, 4th of January, 2023. Markets really on the move uh, this morning. The dollar coming in much weaker this morning after a very confusing uh, rally yesterday that didn't sort of coincide with the normal background you expect. We had both risk on, we had U.S. Treasury yields lower. The picture making a bit more sense this morning with the weak dollar and a bit more risk on coming back in and these uh, these still quite low yields as we're seeing the 10-year settling to new uh, lows today locally here, 3.68%. Uh, that's 20 basis points below where it closed the end of last year. I do think it's the interest rate signal that markets are picking up on here. Gold is absolutely flying, uh, Ola, but um, but a, not a stellar session yesterday in the U.S. Um, doesn't mean anything about today, but we saw it opening higher and then a pretty ugly candlestick close. But we've just been chopping around in this range, as you can see uh, on our slide deck on slide two with that S&P still caught here in this tight range. Uh, I don't know what your takeaway is here, Peter. There really is no takeaway, I guess, on, on the first trading day of the year. And you said you're waiting about another week before you feel like the market is finding its feet for this year. Yes, exactly. Uh, it was a choppy session. Volatility was definitely back. We had a around a little bit more than two percent trading range yesterday from the uh, from the high to the low in terms of range. I think the big story, of course, is Tesla. We'll talk about that in a, in a few seconds. We talked about it yesterday. But if we look at the if we look at the year to date, or uh, I've sorted on month to date, but that's uh, equally the same here. Um, <clears throat> you can see that the e-commerce is flying. Chinese technology consumer stocks are flying, and we'll see uh, even more of that uh, because Alibaba was uh, was really doing well in the Chinese session. They 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 basically got the green light from regulators in China to uh, expand their their registered capital base, which is obviously maybe paving the way for an IPO uh, later later this year. Let's see if the sentiment improves. But again, it's too early. As you said, but I think e-commerce. I mean, there are definitely the headwinds from the from uh, from container freight rates are down. Maybe the consumer is not doing as bad as feared. So maybe e-commerce, which was one of the worst themes last year, could actually have a surprise uh, surprise year. I think before we talk about Tesla, as I highlighted to you, John, in our internal discussion, I, I think it's worth noting as well in China that a couple of things. So you had the basically uh, you know, very very positive remarks from the Chinese foreign minister, basically saying that after 500 days on the road in uh, back and forth in in the in the U.S. touring factories, etc., uh, speaking to politicians, business people, he uh, he had great admiration for for Americans. They are hardworking, and he was thinking about the, that the the relationship could improve uh, much further. You also had the news from China that they are scaling down <clears throat> their ambitions right now in the short term and their chip self-reliance policy because of uh, constraints on their budget because of COVID, but also because they have to spend a lot of money on propping up uh, two parts of the economy, the energy sector, electricity cost, which is why they are contemplating actually uh, you know, foregoing or <clears throat> reducing uh, the uh, the impact from the Australian coal ban, which I think is a very big signal, both that they need cheap energy, but also that they're willing to soften some of their previous stance. And then they also bailing out uh, bailing out and propping up the uh, the real estate sector so a lot of news coming out of China and we actually had a very positive session out of the Hang Seng I don't know whether you have any thoughts before I go into a little spiel on uh, on Tesla I, I really don't but it just goes so counter to all the narrative that was developing uh, over last year with the zero covid and the new strongman coming into power and staying in charge and the, the big turn uh, away from a lot of the free market uh, that was seen and and 
cracking down on property developers. So it really is confusing. And is this a sign of strength? The market seems to be celebrating this. Certainly the the uh, you know coal ban, uh, potential coal ban lift. That was a story that Bloomberg uh, broke. And it's according to sources that, that they would uh, look at uh, four Chinese firms being able to access Australian uh, exports or imports from the Chinese perspective. Um, but also, yeah, this uh, re- reduce, reduction in the, the semiconductor investments within China, it just it seems like they're scrambling, maybe because, uh, as you said, the, the situation is worse than uh, than people believe. And and yeah, I'm not sure it's a sign of strength, but maybe a sign of scrambling uh, to ensure that things don't get worse. But uh, the market's, uh, for whatever it's worth, <laughs> taking it as a positive sign. Uh, but something that was not in the positive column, and I'll just do this for the sake of our slide deck. So as we run through this, and it's two of the most popular, probably the most popular stocks to trade, Tesla and Apple, both having horrible days yesterday. I think the irony, once again, is the, the risk that we're celebrating that economies are slowing down. We're certainly celebrating some weak inflation numbers. We saw the German CPI coming in uh, quite weak yesterday. There was some really incredible month-on-month inflation readings. We have to remember some of this is on these uh, enforcement of price controls on, on energy, these key components that have been driving inflation. That is not sustainable in, in the very long run. But with super mild Europe uh, weather in Europe, that's not an issue at the moment, the energy prices. Uh, and then the French CPI coming in softer this morning as well. Uh, that's helping the narrative in Europe, keeping the pressure off the uh, uh, sudden hawkish turn in ECB, which has been the big focus of lately. If I look at my CPI here from France, yeah, we set a minus 0.1 on the month-on-month on the headline, and the year-on-year coming down to 5.9% versus a rise to 6.4% expected. So uh, that's feeding the the positive side. But on the negative side, we have to worry about a slowdown in uh, really some some big names here, uh, and some possibly in the economy. A, a stock like Apple, if Apple's seeing fewer orders, there was a new story about their supply. They're ordering fewer supplies for assembling phones. It suggests that yeah we're tilting towards a recession, but uh, I'll I'll let you take it away on the uh, uh, on the Tesla slide there on slide three. Yeah, just very briefly because we talked about it yesterday. They they missed horribly on their uh, Q4 deliveries and the production gap. Uh, so the production minus deliveries uh, expanded as we showed yesterday. The market was really not in a good mood. Tesla shares down twelve percent, new low for the close uh, on on the close prices. So we're back to levels from uh, August uh, twenty twenty, as you can see here on slide three. The 100 level and just below that 95 very crucial area and if that's taken out if sentiment worsens even further you have a very big area there with a very little density of price points so getting super interesting here in tesla i also have a slightly different take before we get you into the conversation all the news yesterday that spacex um, raised 750 million dollars on a 140 billion dollar valuation i really like the take that someone did on uh, on twitter that both numbers can't be right. And I'm I'm really, when you look at the financing round, it was all done by existing shareholders. The valuation level of SpaceX means that the exposure of these VC investments in SpaceX is a considerable weight in a lot of VC funds. They are not willing to take a hit on the valuation because it would crush the performance of these VC funds, impact their ability to raise new funds for the same from, from the same VC firms, and I think there is such a pressure on 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 Elon Musk from from Tesla that it's actually paramount for these uh, for no for, to, to avoid another domino domino breaks to fall or dominoes to fall sorry that they need to prop him up. This was ex, this was a finance round where they agreed on a, an excessive valuation that has nothing to do with the reality. I really think it's a sign that there is a lot of pressure on uh, on in, in the cluster of Elon Musk investment, SpaceX, Tesla, etc. 
Yeah, it's certainly a remarkable chart there on, on slide three. All right, let's roll forward to slide four, the FX overview. Again, Aussie getting a huge pump on this uh, potential coal ban lift, supposedly uh, set to take place in April uh, on April 1st, if the Bloomberg sources are correct. And we see Aussie, as you see on the chart there, it's actually out of, already well out of date, this chart. It's pushing on that 200-day moving average. Uh, and uh, there's a big level there around 69 and then the huge level going back multiple years is 70. So we're really not all that far away from something really considerable happening here. I was willing to take the dollar rally at face value yesterday, even though it was a very confusing backdrop. The composition just did not work with the weaker U.S. yields uh, coinciding with that. It made a bit more sense later in the day. We saw the uh, the weak risk sentiment. But uh, this morning, though, the composition fits sort of across the uh, across the board, as indicated, weaker dollars, uh, weaker U.S. yields, weaker yields in general. Uh, and risk sentiment improving. So tracking the Aussie there, of course, the, the lower yields is a boost to the yen, but the stronger risk appetite, a bit of counter to that. Uh, and then we have gold. We need to talk about gold. This is a huge move here we're seeing. It was very uh, choppy session yesterday. It almost looked like it was going to post a sort of a shooting star reversal yesterday. That was kind of avoided. And now we've we've shot higher and considerably so. And this is through some massive resistance areas. So take us through your your take on gold here. Well, simply uh, that the momentum that we had uh, from the low point in December has been carried into the new year, and it really highlights the market where investors are. Uh, I think there's been a lot of talk about the outlook for this year, and, and the, the equity market outlook generally doesn't look favorable. Um, and at the same time, we have this whole conundrum uh, about recession, We've uh, but with, with interest rates rising, inflation obviously coming down but is it coming down at the at the pace that the market is is for is looking for and these are all just playing into the hands of of the precious metals market as we start the year and um if i i put out on on twitter earlier just uh, the, the the first uh, day's action in in the uh, proper day's action in the market and we can see really it's only gold silver and platinum that uh, trades up across the the commodity sector. So so as long as we have the uncertainty, uh, the risk off in the market with stock markets uh, being somewhat challenged with the dollar not strengthening um, and yields are not really knowing where to go, uh, then I think we will will continue to see demand for, for for precious metals. It is obviously getting a little bit extended here. We broke above 1852 this morning, which was the upper part of upper trend line uh, that we've been uh, traveling along for the for the past few weeks. Uh, so basically, an acceleration to the upside. It does basically mean that we're getting close to some some overextended uh, area, and, and the market will look for 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 consolidation eventually. But at, le at least for now, there's a lot of money being put in put to work, and uh, it seems like quite a lot of that money is being put to work in the precious metal space. Now they're taking it out of the oil space, though. If we saw yesterday's session, I assume that's a recession call by the market there to some degree. But was there a, another proximate story that was driving this selling? Yeah, we on slide five, we can just see, uh, see the Brent crude uh, market, which uh, has also been an uptrend since uh, early December. And we're breaking down this morning, uh, touched, uh, traded below 81 on, on Brent crude uh, uh, so far. And uh, as you can see on the inserts, uh, this is year to date. Obviously, year to date just means, basically means one trading day. But we can see the losses are led by uh, by gasoline and diesel uh, over crude oil. And that basically is, is also part of the story that's also setting uh, gas prices sharply lower, that we got mild weather across the northern hemisphere. It's driving down uh, or reducing demand for, for heating. And that's also impacting uh, the fuel-based uh, products uh, such as uh, uh, diesel and, and uh, heating oil. So, um, so all in all, a market that, uh, as we were looking for, potentially facing a bumpy first quarter, with the virus outbreaks in China uh, delaying the recovery potentially until after the, well, probably until after the Lunar New Year celebrations, uh, 
starting later this month. So um, expect some weakness and potentially sub $80 prices here during the first quarter before we see uh, some renewed uh, uh, strengths coming into the market later in the year. All right. And then in the EU, uh, certainly a boost for the European outlook with gas prices. Uh, actually, are, how soon are we approaching historical ranges? Does it need to fall another 50% here or what's the uh, uh, what's the outlook there? Well, if if it's if if this is uh, so, if the prices are supply and demand driven, then yes, prices can fall further because we are still seeing a counter seasonal uh, rise in in inventories, especially in Germany. And uh, I think that uh, chart on the right hand side, on slide six, is just astonishing. The red line is basically what the power generation from wind. And yesterday that or today they are expecting that to hit a record basically providing more than 80% of the total power generation in uh, in Germany uh, we haven't seen that uh, we haven't seen that for for a long time and that obviously uh, sharply reduces the demand for gas uh, when when you have cheaper cheap alternatives so this is just basically what we're facing right now a mild winter uh, strong winds and uh, that combination is is really just adding adding a downward pressure to to the gas price so yes in the short term it can drop further the risk is obviously with the unresolved uh, situation with, with Russia, that too low prices will uh, entice increased demand, and, uh, and thereby we, we we can potentially ruin some of the the hard work that's been uh, been done so far. Interesting, and then the U.S. Uh, gas prices also collapsing on the mild weather. There, very interesting to see these uh, to see these very low prices. It's a boost uh, certainly to the economy. All right, Peter. Uh, earnings watch uh, still the same names we've been talking about this week. Uh, any any new insights? Yeah, not really. I've I've added in in blue uh, Conagra Brands. It's a uh, it's a packaged uh, food company. We we've talked about uh, we've talked about similar companies in the U.S. as Conagra Brands, and they they all have the ability, it seems, <clears throat> in this inflationary period, to pass on most of the inflation. Revenue is expected to be up seven percent compared to a year ago, so that really matches the the overall inflation levels. So it's that's I think it's a it's a positive story there, and then the share price is also doing quite well. Whereas uh, we talked about yesterday, Walgreens Boots Alliance is this uh, pharmacy drug stall chain in the U.S. really doing poorly, as the uh, the share price also indicate here. Not really pretty with uh, with negative uh, revenue expectation for uh, for the quarter. That doesn't really show that in the, it doesn't really show that in this small insert here on, on slide seven. But I was looking at the because that's the the annual figures they. The expectation is for the fiscal year 23 that ends in, in August this year that there will be a flat revenue growth. But the revenue growth is actually expected to be minus 3% for the quarter that ended in November that Walgreens uh, report, will be reporting on uh, on on Thursday. So, um, yeah. Uh, but otherwise, it's uh, waiting for a couple of weeks and then we'll be uh, shifting gear completely in the in the earnings season. I'm really looking forward to, to the Q4 earnings season because it comes when together with the with the annual report at the end of the end of the year so that means that if there are any write downs on assets it will have to be reported but also this margin compression which is really one of my big ideas for for this year is that re- is it a real story that has more uh, what can you say meat on the bone because if that's the case then we'll definitely see that as a theme continuing in Q4 because it was it was really an issue for a lot of companies in Q3 yeah Interesting stuff. And let's uh, look at the macro calendar for today. It's picking up a bit here. We have the ISM manufacturing out. This has not been a market mover for some time, but it is expected to drop to a new cycle low to 48.5. Uh, the lowest so far was the 49.0 in November. A bit confusing to know how to interpret some of that. Some of that, that whole bullwhip effect of excess orders creating a massive uh, bout of activity. And then the inventories were overstocked and now these have to be drawn down. So 
I think it's going to take a while to, to for that to settle out. Jolt survey. This is quite interesting, but unfortunately, it's very delayed. So this is a November data, but it is expected to show a new low for the cycle here at uh, just above 10 million after the pretty chunky drop to close to the lowest uh, for uh, for quite some months at 10.33 in October. And then we have the FOMC minutes. Again, how much concern is there? Where are they focusing their inflation? I think we've got a pretty clear message from them that they're concerned on the uh, services side of things, which are often driven by wages. So that is their key focus on inflation. But for now, we're getting plenty of relief from some of the recent CPI releases and these energy prices as low as they are, especially now that we're less than half uh, the price on natural gas, for example, where it was at the peak there uh, not th that many months ago. And then a small political note here, keep your eye on this uh, Republican leadership battle for Speaker of the House in the, in, uh, in the U.S. Kevin McCarthy needs, uh, I believe it's 218 votes, uh, and that would require mostly pure party vote. But there's a handful, and it's just a mere handful of sort of uh, Trumpist-style candidates that have just said, never Kevin, refuse to vote for him. It's totally unknown how this is going to turn out. There have even been proposals for a non-sitting House member. This has apparently never happened, but theoretically legal to uh, be voted in some moderate Republicans name being circulated that maybe some Democrats could vote for. <laughs> Basically, no business can take place in the U.S. House until this issue is resolved. And how on earth could they uh, uh, appoint somebody or elect somebody that's not a sitting House member? This is a third person in charge. Let's not forget the House Speaker uh, after the president and the vice president, if those two should somehow uh, in some freak accident or whatever die. Uh, a non-elected person being third in charge sounds uh, pretty far-fetched, but do keep track of this. I do think the uh, Republicans are very weak, given that very, very slim uh, House majority that they, they do hold, and this is just a sign and symptom of that. Otherwise, we'll be looking at the balance of the week, and if we do get some, uh, I think if we do get some uh, weak hourly earnings, a weak non-farm payrolls change, all the weak data this week, that's really going to supercharge this move. The irony being the market loves things to be as bad as possible because it means the Fed will be marked lower, et cetera, et cetera. So, but we'll see if that's what happens uh, as we uh, roll into the end of the week. For now, that's it for today. Interesting moves in the market today. Let's see how they develop. We'll be back tomorrow with the next Saxo Market Call. Thanks for listening. This has been the Saxo Market Call. For feedback and questions, reach out to us on Twitter at Saxo Market Call or by email, marketcall at saxobank.com.